Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from a Text of Miracles card, original edition, published by our dear friends, Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also on that website, there's an option called Lesson Sign Up, where you can subscribe to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the reading for the day from the text and the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 15, The Purpose of Time, with Section 10, The Time of Christ. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Review Lesson 174, like all of them, and Review 5. Um, the lesson reviews are preceded with the idea, God is but love, and therefore so am I. Today we're reviewing the lesson into his presence. What I enter now and today, I learn to give as I receive. Um... I hope my dog's barking isn't interfering. Um, But there was a last-minute program change that I was happy to receive this morning uh, by way of opening. It's a poem called If You Want, and the author of the poem is St. John of the Cross. And it goes like this. If you want, the Virgin will come walking down the road pregnant with the Holy and say... Quote, I need shelter for the night. Please take me inside your heart. My time is so close. Then, under the roof of your soul, you will witness the sublime intimacy, the divine, the Christ taking birth forever as she grasps your hand for help. For each of us is the midwife of God. Each of us. Yes, there under the dome of your being does creation come into existence eternally through your womb, dear pilgrim, the sacred womb of your soul. As God grasps our arms for help, for each of us is his beloved servant, never far. If you want, the Virgin will come walking down the street, pregnant with light, and sing, Amen. Oh, thank you, Laurie. Good, thank you. Oh, that was wonderful. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, my privilege. (laughs) Maybe I'll get a chance to share the other one I thought was so perfect for the day. We shall see here in this time of Christ. Good morning, everyone, and here's our reading list. So far, we have Lemoyne, Fran, Robin Marie, Lana, and Karen. And no one else has joined us yet, so let's get underway. In section 15, the purpose of time. Section 10, the time of Christ. It is, it is, in your power in time to delay the perfect union of the Father and the Son 
For in this world, the attraction of guilt does stand between them. Neither time nor season means anything in eternity, but here it is the Holy Spirit's function to use them both, though not as the ego uses them. This is the season when you would celebrate my birth into the world, yet you know not how to do it. Let the Holy Spirit teach you, and let me celebrate your birth through him. The only gift I can accept of you is the gift I gave to you. Release me, as I will your release. The time of Christ we celebrate together, for it has no meaning if we are apart. Amen. Uh, chapter 15, <clears throat> The Purpose of Time, Section 10, The Time of Christ. It is in your power in time to delay the perfect union of the Father and the Son. For in this world, the attraction of guilt does stand between them. Neither time nor season means anything in eternity. But here it is the Holy Spirit's function to use them both, though not as the ego uses them. This is the season when you would celebrate my birth into the world, yet you know not how to do it. Let the Holy Spirit teach you, and let me celebrate your birth through him. The only gift I can accept of you is the gift I gave to you. Release me as I will your release. The time of Christ we celebrate together, for it has no meaning if we are apart. The holy instant truly the holy instant is truly the time of Christ. For in this liberating instant no guilt is laid upon the Son of God, and his unlimited power is thus restored to him. What other gift can you offer me when only this I will to offer you? And to see me is to see me in everyone and offer everyone the gift you offer me. I am as incapable of receiving sacrifice as God is and every sacrifice you ask of yourself, you ask of me. Learn now that sacrifice of any kind is nothing but a limitation imposed on giving. And by this limitation, you have limited acceptance of the gift I offer you. Thank you, Lemoyne and Fran. 93. The holy instant is truly the time of Christ. For in this liberating instant, no guilt is laid upon the Son of God, and his unlimited power is thus restored to him. What other gift can you offer me, when only this I will to offer you? And to see me is to see me in everyone, and offer everyone the gift you offer me. I am as incapable of receiving sacrifice as God is. 
And every sacrifice you ask of yourself, you ask of me. Learn now that sacrifice of any kind is nothing but a limitation imposed on giving. And by this limitation, you have limited acceptance of the gifts I offer you. 94. We who are one cannot give separately. When you are willing to accept our relationship as real, guilt will hold no attraction for you. For in our union, you will accept all of our brothers. The gift of union is the only gift that I was born to give. Give it to me that you may have it. The time of Christ is the time appointed for the gift of freedom offered to everyone. And by your acceptance of it, you have offered it to everyone. It is in your power to make this season holy. For it is in your power to make the time of Christ be now. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Ninety-four. We who are one cannot give separately. When you are willing to accept our relationship as real, guilt will hold no attraction for you. For in our union, you will accept all of our brothers. The gift of union is the only gift that I was born to give. Give it to me that you may have it. The time of Christ is the time appointed for the gift of freedom offered to everyone. And by your acceptance of it, you have, off- you have offered it to everyone. It is in your power to make this season holy, for it is in your power to make the time of Christ be now. 95. It is, imp- it is possible to do this all at once because there is but one shift in perception that is necessary, for you made but one mistake. It seems like many, but it is all the same. For though the ego takes many forms, it is always the same idea. What is not love is always fear and nothing else. It is not necessary to follow fear through all the circuitous roots by which it burrows underground and hides in darkness to emerge in forms quite different from what it is. Yet it is necessary to examine each one as long as you would retain the principle which governs all of them. When you are willing to regard them not as separate, but as different manifestations of the same idea and one you do not want, they go together. The idea is simply this. You believe that it is possible to be host to the ego or hostage to God. This is the choice you think you have and the decision which you believe that you must make. Thank you, Robin Marie and Lana. Okay, 95. It is possible to do this all at once because there is but one shift in perception that is necessary for you made but one mistake. It seems like many, but it is all the same. 
For though the ego takes many forms, it is always the same idea. What is not love is always fear and nothing else. It is not necessary to follow fear through all the circuitous routes by which it borrows burrows underground and hides in darkness to emerge in forms quite different from what it is. Yet it is necessary to examine each one as long as you would retain the principle which governs all of them. When you are willing to regard them not as separate but as different manifestations of the same idea and one you do not want, they go together. The idea is simply this. You believe that it is possible to be host to the ego or hostage to God. This is the choice you think you have and the decision which you believe you, that you must make. 96. You see no other alternatives, for you cannot accept the fact that sacrifice gets nothing. Sacrifice is so essential to your thought system that salvation apart from sacrifice means nothing to you. Your confusion of sacrifice and love is so profound that you cannot conceive of love without sacrifice. And it is this that you must look upon. Sacrifice is attack, not love. If you would accept but this one idea, your fear of love, love would vanish. Guilt cannot last when the idea of sacrifice has been removed. For if there is sacrifice, as you are, as you are convinced, someone must pay and someone must get. And the only question which remains to be decided is how much is the price for getting what? Thank you, Lana. And Karen. You see no other alternative. Excuse me. 96. You see no other alternative. For you cannot accept the fact that sacrifice gets nothing. Sacrifice is so essential to your thought system that salvation, apart from sacrifice, means nothing to you. Your confusion of sacrifice and love is so profound that you cannot conceive of love without sacrifice. And it is this that you must look upon. Sacrifice is attack, not love. If you would accept but this one idea, your fear of love would vanish. Guilt cannot last when the idea of sacrifice has been removed. For if there is sacrifice, as you are convinced, someone must pay and someone must get. And the only question which remains to be decided is how much is the price for getting what? 97. As host to the ego, you believe that you can give all your guilt away, whatever you think, and 
whatever you think, and purchase peace. And the payment does not seem to be yours. While it is obvious that the ego does demand payment, it never seems to be demanding it of you. For you are unwilling to recognize that the ego which you invited is treacherous only to those who think they are its host. The ego will never let you perceive this, since this recognition would make it homeless. For when this recognition dawns clearly, you will not be deceived by any form the ego takes to protect itself from your sight. Thank you, Karen. And do we have a new reader for 97 and 98? Perfect timing, Lori. I would love to. Thank you. Thanks, Judith. As host to the ego, you believe that you can give all your guilt away, whatever you think, and purchase peace. And the payment does not seem to be yours. While it is obvious that the ego does demand payment, it never seems to be demanding it of you. For you are unwilling to recognize that the ego which you invited, is treacherous only to those who think they are its host. The ego will never let you perceive this, since this recognition would make it homeless. For when this recognition dawns clearly, you will not be deceived by any form the ego takes to protect itself from your sight. Each form will be recognized as but a cover for the one idea that hides behind them all, that love demands sacrifice and is therefore inseparable from attack and fear. And that guilt is the price of love, which must be paid by fear. How fearful then has God become to you and how great a sacrifice do you believe his love demands, for total love would demand total sacrifice. And so the ego seems to demand less of you than God, and of the two is judged as the lesser of two evils, one to be feared a little, but the other to be destroyed. For you see love as destructive, and your only question is who is to be destroyed, you or another. You seek to answer this question in your special relationships, in which you are both destroyer and destroyed in part, but with the idea of being able to be neither completely. And this, you think, saves you from God, whose total love would completely destroy you. Boy, oh boy. Thank you, Lori. Uh, thank you, Judy. And would there be another new reader for 98 and 99? Hi, Lori. This is Mindy. I just need to scroll. And I'd like to. Can you hear me okay? You bet. Thanks, Mindy. All right. We're doing 98 and 99. 
Yes, that's okay. right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Each form will be recognized as but a cover for the one idea that hides behind them all, that love demands sacrifice and is therefore inseparable from attack and fear, and that guilt is the price of love, which must be paid by fear. How fearful, then, has God become to you, and how great a sacrifice do you believe his love demands? For total love would demand total sacrifice. And so the ego seems to demand less of you than God, and of the two is judged as the lesser of the two evils. One to be feared a little, but the other to be destroyed. For you see love as destructive, and your only question is, who is to be destroyed? You or another? You seek to answer this question in your special relationships in which you are both destroyed and destroyed in part, but with the idea of being able to be neither completely. And this, you think, saves you from God, whose total love would completely destroy you. Sorry about the plane there. 99. You think that everyone outside yourself demands your sacrifice, but you do not see that only you demand sacrifice and only of yourself. Yet the demand of sacrifice is so savage and so fearful that you cannot accept it where it is. But the real price of not accepting this has been so great that you have given God away rather than look at it. For if God would demand total sacrifice—excuse me—if God would demand total sacrifice of you, you thought it safer to project Him outward and away from you, and not be host to Him. To Him, you ascribe the ego's treachery, inviting it to take His place to protect you from Him. And you do not recognize that it is what you invited in that would destroy you and does demand total sacrifice of you. No partial sacrifice will appease this savage guest, for it is an, it is an invader who but seems to offer kindness, but always to make the sacrifice complete. Wow. Thank you, Mindy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Would there be another new reader for 99 and 100? Ninety-nine and one hundred. Yeah, this is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. Ninety-nine. You think that everyone outside yourself demands your sacrifice, but you do not see that only you demand sacrifice, and only of yourself. Yet the demand of sacrifice is so savage and so fearful that you cannot accept it where it is. But the real price of not accepting this has been so great that you have given God away rather than look at it. 
For if God would demand total sacrifice of you, you thought it safer to project him outward and away from you and not be host to him. To him you ascribe the ego's treachery, inviting it to take his place to protect you from him. And you do not recognize that it is what you invited in that would destroy you and does demand total sacrifice of you. No partial sacrifice will appease this savage guest, for it is an invader who but seems to offer kindness, but always to make the sacrifice complete. You will not succeed in being partial hostage to the ego, for it keeps no bargains and would leave you nothing, nor can you be partial host to it. You will have to choose between total freedom and total bondage, for there are no alternatives, alternatives but these. You have tried many compromises in the attempt to avoid recognizing the one decision which must be made. And yet, it is the recognition of the decision just as it is that makes the decision so easy. Salvation is simple, being of God and therefore very easy to understand. Do not try to project it from you and see it outside of yourself. In you are both the question and the answer, the demand for sacrifice, and the peace of God. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. And let's see, do we have one more new reader that would like to finish with 100? Or anyone who would like to volunteer to finish with 100? I'll do it. Thank you, Lemoyne. One hundred. You will not succeed in being partial hostage to the ego, for it keeps no bargain and would leave you nothing. Nor can you be partial host to it. You will have to choose between total freedom and total bondage, for there are no alternatives but these. You have tried many compromises in the attempt to avoid recognizing the one decision which must be made. And yet it is the recognition of the decision, just as it is, that makes the decision so easy. Salvation is simple, being of God, and therefore very easy to understand. Do not try to project it from you and see it outside yourself. In you are both the question and the answer, the demand for sacrifice and the peace of God. Thank you, Lemoyne, and thank you everyone who read this morning from this beautiful, beautiful section. I think to highlight um, just three really big paragraphs 
The first would be in paragraph 93. The holy instant is truly the time of Christ, for in this liberating instant, no guilt is laid upon the Son of God and his unlimited powers thus restored to him. What other gift can you offer me when only this I will to offer you? And to see me is to see me in everyone and offer everyone the gift you offer me. Learn now that sacrifice of any kind is nothing but a limitation imposed on giving and by this limitation you have limited acceptance of the gift I offer you. In 93, we who are one cannot give separately. When you are willing to accept our relationship as real, guilt will hold no attraction for you. For in our union, you will accept all of our brothers. The gift of union is the only gift that I was born to give. Give it to me, that you may have it. The time of Christ is the time appointed for the gift of freedom offered to everyone. And by your acceptance of it, you have offered it to everyone. It is in your power to make this season holy. For it is in your power to make the time of Christ be now. And it is possible to do this all at once. Because there is but one shift in perception that is necessary. Or you made but one mistake. It seems like many. But it is all the same. For though the ego takes many forms, it is always the same idea. What is not love is always fear and nothing else. It is not necessary to follow fear through all the circuitous routes by which it burrows underground and hides in darkness to emerge in forms quite different from what it is. Yet it is necessary to examine each one as long as you would retain the principle that governs all of them. When you are willing to regard them not as separate but as different manifestations of the same idea and one you do not want, they go together. The idea is simply this. You believe that it is possible to be host to the ego or hostage to God. This is one choice you think you have and the decision which you believe that you must make. And I'm going to say amen, and the floor is open. Just, um, I'm so um, interested in how um, how each one of us might see this particular thing that he's telling us. And uh, I'm happy to start off, <laughs> um, because I really did believe that God was in the sky, not part of me. And I was asking and praying for something outside of me to come in me. And I truly did believe that God demanded more of me than I thought I could give. In other words, I was, I was hostage to the ego, but believing that I was hostage to God. And... Um, 
And it was very difficult in that position to believe that innocence did not require cost and that I had to sacrifice something in order to purchase it. And um, and even being told that that was uh, how I was seeing it, I couldn't accept that that was how I was seeing it because what is not love is always fear. I needed a holy instant of truth, the miracle to come to me. And it only came when I was willing to uh, give up my idea of condemnation. And I think I'm complete with that little start. And the floor is open for a few minutes. Thank you, Lori. Wait till people thank you, but then I'll go. Thank you, Lori. Lori? Um, this is Ida. Good morning. Um, Ida, I yes. have to go at 10 o'clock. And okay. Sorry, I hate, I hate to jump in like that, but I did. Um, I get a call, and it, it really disrupts my train of thought when that call comes, and I have to take it. At ten o'clock ish, so um, I just wanted to say I've been struggling with the last few readings um, to really even to distill something to take away. It's really been hard the last few days, maybe all week, and even the days I missed, which I missed Friday, Monday, and Tuesday, I did all the readings, but I just haven't been able to really um, integrate it or take away the meanings of it. So this morning when I did the reading prior to the calls, I meditated on it. And it really felt like, yes, I was conditioned to believe that sanctification, purification, holiness, um, God's love all depend on suffering and renunciation and giving up and that suffering is synonymous with purity or purification. I mean, I was raised Catholic, and because of a childhood of sexual abuse, I really had a lot to be purified from. You know, a lot of sin that had to be cleansed. And so I found my way to a guru in an Eastern tradition who really, really tortures you (laughs) from the physical body standpoint. You know, she does it in and if you can surrender to it, you learn you're not the body. That's the point. But if you do it with a with a conditioned Catholic, you know, I have to suffer to be purified because I'm so sinful and God couldn't possibly love me and accept me unless I suffer. Um, I mean, that's very, very distorted. But then it does seem like it's a choice between the ego or God. Can I take all this suffering? Can I endure all this suffering? Or is it easier just to go to the ego to escape from it all? And um, as I said, I've been struggling. I know this may be very, uh, uh, it may be too literal and it may be too um, superficial of an understanding of it. But it really came down to Love equals being willing to suffer. To be loved by God would be the equivalent of being willing to be tortured. 
to be crucified. You know, in in the Indian um, environment that I was talking about, I mean, people ride on this bus and it's about 120 degrees in the bus and they become so dehydrated but they don't drink water because then they would have to pee and there's no place to pee so you have to hold it. So people, you know, and then on the way back from driving to North India, on the way back to South India, they have, um, what do you call it, um, IVs <laughs> because they passed out and they've gotten sick. And it's just like no sleep, no creature comfort, no place to sleep, no showers, no access to water. I mean, it's just like you, you say, yes, I'm willing. Purify me. Do what you Do what you will. I'll do anything. And it, it sets it up like if you want purity, if you want love, if you want God, you know, you have to get up in the middle of the night and meditate. You have to, uh, you know, fast on Thursdays. There's no food on Thursdays. You know, it's just like there's no idea that I am in my natural state God's beloved. And all I have to do is open and accept love and all my healing will come to me by renouncing the ego's distorted way of believing. It's none of that, you know. I mean, it, if it's there, it's just it eluded me because of my childhood and my past references. So anyway, I'm sure that you want to go to the lesson, and I'm sorry I talked so long. And thank you, Ida, for letting me go first. Um, I hope you didn't get derailed. Okay, uh, I think that's enough. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Karen. And, you know, I just want to say thank you for every effort you ever made on behalf of holiness uh, because your desire is so patently obvious. Um, so thank you for your share. But, yeah, thank you, Karen. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Hi. Well, we were Are talking you? about... Yeah. Thank you. Um, we were talking about um, whether life requires, you know, the ego thinking that everything and everything, everybody around you that's, quote-unquote, not you requires your sacrifice. But... When I get in my ego, I'm so sensitive. It's crazy because I was up most of the night, and then I finally found my meds and took them, so I was lying here and I was sleeping a little bit while we were talking, and um, and woke up and heard like a big truck or you know whatever. I'm maybe putting out a little pollution, but mostly it was just a noise, and I started to cough, and catch my breath and I feel like my body was so sensitive to you know with the idea that everything outside myself requires my sacrifice even even that sound was like requiring somehow requiring sacrifice of my throat my breath my my you know an aspect of my physical well-being it's really crazy so I I need this teaching I need it bad so I'm glad I'm in it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Yeah. And, Thank and you, aren't Ida. we grateful? 
Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. And I, I just wanted to say how grateful we are that he offers us an answer to all our needs, especially with today's lesson. And so, Fran, once again, we turn to you to show us, tell us, lead us toward these ideas that reveal our capital self. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are on Review 5. And in Review 5, we're going to review the lessons. 157, into his presence would I enter now. And lesson 158, today I learn to give as I receive. So I shall read some from the introduction, and then we'll do a five-minute practice on the lessons. I take the journey with you. For I share your doubts and fears a little while, that you may come to me who recognize the road by which all fears and doubts are overcome. We walk together. I must understand uncertainty and pain, although I know they have no meaning. Yet a Savior must remain with those he teaches, seeing what they see, but still retaining in his mind the way that led him out and now will lead you out with him. God's Son is crucified until you walk along the road with me. My resurrection comes again each time I lead a brother safely to the place at which the journey ends and is forgot. I am renewed each time a brother learns there is a way from misery and pain. I am reborn each time a brother's mind turns to the light in him and looks for me. I have forgotten no one. Help me now to lead you back to where the journey was begun, to make another choice with me. Release me as you practice once again the thoughts I brought to you from him who sees your bitter need and knows the answer God has given him. Together, we review these thoughts. Together, we devote our time and effort to them. And together, we will teach them to our brothers. God would not have heaven incomplete. It waits for you as I do. I am incomplete without your part in me. And as I am made whole, we go together to our ancient home, prepared for us before time was, and kept unchanged by time, immaculate and safe, as it will be at last when time is done. Let this review be then your gift to me. Now we'll go to the lessons. And I'll read them and then we'll do our five-minute practice. Lesson 174. God is but love and therefore so am I. Into his presence would I enter now. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Today, I learn to give as I receive. God is but love, and therefore so am I. 
Lesson 175, 174. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Into his presence would I enter now. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Today I learn to give as I receive. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, Fran. That was Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful lessons. I love this. Into his presence would I enter now. I'm going to keep that with me today. That's so beautiful. I'm complete. Mm, Thank you, Fran. Yes, thank you, Fran. You know, that's how I start every meditation. Um, It's it's kind of like... um, uh, a joining, uh, consciously joining with spirit and whatever I happen to be contemplating on at that moment. <laughs> so, and, and of course, the second part of the lesson today, giving and receiving are one that's, that's proven to me to be so fundamental um, in just um, appreciating how... Um, and how wondrous um, the workings of God, the laws of God are compared to the getting the getting mechanism of the uh, ego, um, and it's so backwards from what truth is so backwards from what we've been conditioned to believe. I think um, the reading today um, really brings to the foreground. Oh, uh, the idea of um, being so invested in believing, you know, that I'm an ego, that the idea of um, trusting God and being host to God uh, is literally like dying. And, And of course, that's what we're doing. We're dying to this small, limited self. Um, But, uh, you know, when I think back over the years, all I'm sacrificing is uh, my freedom in God. You know, it's it's that control mechanism of the ego. Even though you're miserable, at least you're in control. You believe you're in control. (laughs) You know, you're not leaving it up to God or some unknown deity. Um, and um, as as uh, horrible as the experience may be, 
that's your this ego saving grace. I may be miserable, but at least I'm in control. <laughs> um, it's so crazy. Um, you know, the the reading opened up with. Um, oh, hold on a second. Let me get back to that screen. I'm sorry. Just it was. Um, I was really con. I couldn't get. Um, I couldn't get past this first sentence without really sitting and contemplating it. Um, oh boy, can anybody read me the first sentence? I, I can't seem to find it. Oh wait a minute, maybe this is it. Okie dokie, I think I found it. By George, I think she's got it here. Okay, it is in your power. It is in your power in time to delay the perfect union of the Father and the Son. Um, and I was looking, I was just looking within at this idea of power. And um, Joe Goldsmith speaks of it a lot uh, in that there's only one power. And and that's God, but that God, but that one power is manifested in so many ways. And as I was sitting here contemplating how that power in God manifests, I could feel it rise up within me. Um, you know, and and I just started making a little list, and uh, there is just one power. And if I think there's more than power. That's really, uh, that's just duality. That's just a belief that there's something other than the power we uh, get through God. And and it, so the power of God uh, reminded me of the power of truth. You know, when my mind's aligned with truth, it it's very powerful. And the power of love, um, it's so healing. And the power of a still and quiet mind. Oh, that's a lovely place to visit and even stay there. <laughs> and and the power of a peaceful mind. So often Jesus will just instruct me to do what brings me peace. That's all I need to focus on. And the power of unity. Um, when, when, where we join together, like on this call, and just have a dialogue and share our love of God. Um, you know, all these powers come under the one power of God and the power of our relationship with our Creator. You know, that singular relationship that makes every relationship holy and, and not to mention the power of forgiveness to letting go of anything we misperceive and causes us pain. Um and the power that comes from demonstrating the truth in our everyday lives, the power that comes from integrating it and living the truth. And when I remember to do that, oh, the day just unfolds so beautifully. And the power that um, that comes from the recognition and realization that there is no separation. Um, somewhere in the Course, Jesus says something to the effect of, there is nothing that is not a part of me. 
you know, everything is entangled and and in union with God and each other. All the, the power to create. <laughs> you know, when my mind's aligned with God, you know, who knows what's going to show up, but it's all a bunch of goodies, that's for sure. And the power to be the power of a present moment of awareness and to stay there in the present. And when I'm present and I'm focused on this present moment in whatever I'm doing, like right now I'm totally focused on um, speaking to you guys and um, the power uh, so the realization that there's no separation and the power to be present is a place, a resting place for me. It's a very peaceful place. And, um, oh, I, I mean, I just go on and on and on. I just, <laughs> all this power, I, I was just so energized, um, you know, and, and the power in knowing that nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists. Um, and the power that comes through trusting in I will be done, that my will and God's will are one. When I'm in touch with that, there really are no decisions to be made. It's just a function of gratitude given and received um, and knowing that um, everything is either a lesson or a blessing, everything is there for me to assist me in my awakening to my truth. Um, so uh, I didn't get much past the first sentence in this reading this morning. I was just basking in um, the power of love, the power of truth, the power of God, which is all the same power. It's divine power that we we carry. And when I when just those simple words, you know, into thy presence do I enter now. I enter into a very powerful state of mind. And then I don't need to have to think about what to do or what to say. I just can trust God. And the only time sacrifice comes into it is if I um fall into a ditch, you know, with ego and think, and, you know, when when that happens, I don't know about you guys, but it's like everything um, is erased from my mind of truth and I have to go find it again and, and go into meditation or into just silence and, and quiet and still my mind until the awareness of the presence of God shows up within my being. And and then the memories come back, the memory, the beautiful memories of past miracles and all the times God has shown me and demonstrated to me that he is there. Um, he is with me. I never need to fear, feel alone. So... Um, Anyhow, I just wanted to share that with you guys. We're very powerful when we keep our mind out of the gutter. <laughs> so I'm, I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, Lana, that was just a holy instant in and of itself. Thank you for that share. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you on a great setup for the day. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good morning, guys. It's Jude. I am. Um, there's so much in this text today and in the lesson. And in doing the lesson, uh, I would enter. I would enter into his presence now. And you know, knowing, knowingly aware that there is no place where God is not, where love is not. There's no place I can go and not be in His presence. In presence, the presence of. Knowing, knowing love's here. Awareness of love's presence is here and now. And the text speaks of it so beautifully. Make this the time of Christ now, here and now. We know this. We just got to be it knowingly. Be love knowingly. And um, the, um, the idea of sacrifice, it's, you know, and I so appreciated what Karen shared about getting a little befuddled with a lot of what's in the in the text about um, the ego and sacrifice and suffering and loss. And, you know, it's like that's what the ego wants. The ego wants me to feel confused about what the, what, confused about what the confusion is. You know, the ego wants me to be baffled. The ego wants me not to know who and what I am. That's its sole purpose. And the, the um, you know, to make me full of doubt and um, worry and concern, and you know that in accepting, just accepting um, enlightenment, it's a recognition, it's a recognizing something that I always already am, 
to rest silently in peace in the presence and know and accept that God's love is perfect. And if I let him, he'll teach me, teach me to experience that every minute of every day. And um, this idea of sacrifice, you know, I reread, reread and reread and reread this book. And then, you know, yesterday I, I was on the conference call with you guys and um, reread and, and contemplated the lesson and the reading on my own. And then I joined Reverend Regan, rereading it again with others. And, you know, the, 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 the way that the ego operates in separating us, and then making our relationship, and Lori speaks so beautifully of this, transactional. You know, I'm, how much do I want to give to you because am I going to get it in return? And that's the question that the, the um, text speaks of that we always ask ourselves. You know, do, how, much, how much do I uh, want to love you? But we don't think of it that way. But the Course is asking us to look at it that way. Honestly, to see that's what the ego does. You know, not to think of all the circuitous roots that fear will, will manifest. You know, all this transactional bargaining. You know, I haven't got time for you today. I'm not going to return your call. I'd rather be with someone else thinking I am a something and thinking that being with bodies is, is you know, companionship. And, you know, the... The whole circuitous distraction and deception of the ego and how it would waste time and how time wastes us in our identifying with the body and the ego's goals. For money, property, prestige, you know, self-esteem, and um, it's, it's just a no-win kind of a game. It wastes us. And to put our full awareness I'm being loved, just love itself, and being wholly present wherever my feet are, with whatever and whomever I'm with. You know, we can move about the world in any which way we choose, but the choice is between being an ego with its goals and having my mind full of egoic thoughts, which are all selfish and self-centered and fearful, Am I going to get what I want or what I think I want or what I think I need? Or am I going to just want to be loved everywhere I'm flowing today? I'm flowing with the love of God because the love of God is everywhere. And am I aware of my own reality? Because it is God's reality and it is real. But unless Jude's aware of it, she's missing it. She's missing the whole parade because she's looking through a pinhole, through a hole in a fence, to see what she can snatch out of the parade as it goes by, (laughs) slowly in time, wasting time, (laughs) thinking she knows what she wants and what she needs. So um, I love the the way that it um, talks about that my confusion of sacrifice and love is so profound, I cannot conceive of love without sacrifice and that we think that when we give each other gifts or hugs or kisses these these petty little gifts you know they're all fine and dandy but they're not what the love of God is in order to understand love I have to understand how my source 
gives it. And ergo, I'm going to make it a wrap with the second part of the lesson today. I learn to give as I receive. And I must learn to give. It's the first lesson. Holy Spirit's lesson and the lessons of the Holy Spirit. Give all to all to know I have all. And this is how my mind is reconciled with having and being everything. It's one with my source. I have to learn to love everything and everybody as my Father loves it. Unequivocally, without any conditions, without a thought. There's no thought that comes between my wholeness and my awareness of it, my wholeness or my holiness. And with that, I'm going to, believe it or not, stop. (laughs) The end. Thank you, Judy. And thank you for highlighting those two lessons today. Thank you, Judy. Um, Thank you, Judy. Oh, just because I love to say these ideas out loud in order to strengthen them in me and to share them with you, um, that we will not succeed in being partial host to the ego or partial host to God, for it keeps no bargains and it would leave us nothing. We cannot be partial host to it. We can't be partial host to it or partial hostage to it. The... um, idea that God is is God's reality is total and either I'm aware of it or I'm not and um, I would just uh, ask my Christ mindedness to be to be with me today my mind that my mind be one with Christ today I guess is how I would like to say it that my mind be one with Christ today amen I'm complete Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Bye, all. Oh. Bye, Robin Murray. Didn't get a chance to say bye. She's gone. Good morning, Mrs. Sandra. And, um, Today I give as I receive, and I, in previous times, would give in order to receive, give to get, because I I was programmed to see that maybe if I gave enough, if I did enough, maybe, maybe you'll love me, (laughs) and therefore, um, and I was looking at, at the love coming from the horizontal plane, which was sadly not <laughs> not received on the horizontal plane, or however it was given, I could not receive it. I'm sure that those that were giving it thought they were loving me or doing whatever they were doing, but from my perception, it was <laughs> it didn't look like love, nor did it feel like love. <laughs> 
So I soon learned that maybe if I did enough, was good enough, you know, shined enough, whatever, that maybe you'd love me. And and so I gave and gave and gave, and, and that was great because there were those who knew how to, you know, manipulate that because what was I doing? I was manipulating in order to get. And and there's plenty of manipulators out there. And it all stems, all of that stems from thinking that I'm alone. And that I, in order to get some kind of love or recognition that that it has to come from another person. And into his presence, what I enter now tells me that, no, all I have to do is go into God's presence and to start to embody that, which sees this being that I am as loving, lovable, loved, and and all the different expressions that I give of that that aren't necessarily recognized by other egos, you know, who, in fact, sometimes they're threatened by it. So it's interesting because now I I don't give so quickly. I'm a little bit more cautious about it because I, I check myself to see, am I doing this as a manipulation to get something? Or is it coming from a place of abundance, from knowing how deeply loved and accepted I am by my father and knowing that it's it's my it's my function here on this planet to forgive myself for believing the programming that I was given and participating in it and to forgive everybody else and to extend compassion and love and kindness and patience and patience, and more patience, and more patience. Boy, when I think about how patient God has been with humanity, with our species. You know, and here we are. We're about to create a whole new world. And you know what? It takes a lot of internal clearing and purification. But the... the uh, purpose of time (laughs) is to be in the moment and when I'm in the moment I'm in such gratitude for what I see around me and for who I am (laughs) and for what I've given to myself and to the people around me I'm grateful for that I don't know if they are but I am grateful for what I've done and what I've given and I have given all to all wasn't always received but that's okay because you know the only real relationship that I have is the relationship that I have with God and with myself and that's in good standing <laughs> it's because of these lessons in this book and these calls so I'm grateful I'm complete oh that was so beautiful Sandra I love yeah, how you describe you. that change. Thank you, Sandra. That was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Sandra.
Yes, thank you, Sandra. I was thinking about past experiences of, of being so well-loved and, and feeling, feeling inadequate, a sense of inadequacy that I couldn't return the way that somebody was loving me so well. And then I, 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 I was, it made me afraid and it made me feel guilty. And, you know, I don't have feelings like that anymore, and I'm really grateful for that. But um, it, 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 it makes the text reading about specialness and um, assigning separate roles to each other, separate specialness roles to each other. You know, that there are certain kinds of love, that there are special kinds of love that we receive from special kind of relationships and the expectations that the ego holds and demands from those kinds of relationships. That love doesn't demand anything. Love doesn't ask for anything. That love gives completely and doesn't ask for anything in return. And I know that I know that too. I've always known that. I've I've been well loved before in my life and I think it's really important that I recognize the difference, that I acknowledge the difference, the capacity and the potential that I have to love freely without any expectation in return and you know that all this conditioning and 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 um old learning old beliefs can be gently laid aside for something so much bigger and all-encompassing and so <laughs> just so much more satisfying when you take all the sacrifice and and all the guilt and all the anger out of it, out of relationships, what else could there be but heaven on earth? Thank you. I'm complete. Thank, Thank you, Judy. I shouldn't say you, I mean to say I, when I take all that stuff out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori, and uh, I think to I think to begin my comments this morning, I just want to focus on beautiful lesson that we're reviewing today. God is but love, and therefore so am I. Into His presence would I enter now, and what, and learn to give as I've received. It describes um, a perfect movement of truth. You know, here's here's um, what I think I am and what I think the truth is that meets with truth and what I really am. 
and something magnificent happens when I bring my illusions to the truth. This whole, this whole chapter, the holy instant, um, that we're encouraged to make every instant holy, and that the Holy Spirit will stay with us until His teaching is complete, um, is designed uh, to focus on that movement that's contained within this lesson today. The truth that God is but love and therefore so am I. And in his presence I will remember that and learn to give as I receive. It's so perfect a description of the time of Christ. You know, uh, it seems so remote and so distant this time of Christ that Christ's consciousness is uh, the only thing that's real and and to the ego mind it's uh, absolutely unattainable uh, impossible can't be done um, I can't understand I don't have the right thoughts I, I cannot give myself my own innocence I just can't because of the attraction of guilt and all the shame and feelings of inadequacy that um, growing up and making an ego for myself uh, caused me to believe in. I cannot give myself my own innocence. Um, a holy instant to me is any moment that I stop my crazy thoughts about what I think is happening and ask for truth because in every moment that I do that truth will meet me where I am in whatever situation or problem or uh, predicament I think I find myself in as you say land of the ditch <laughs> um, and I stop and ask for truth the first time that happened to me um, I realized I had made for myself a special relationship that caused intolerable pain. Just absolutely intolerable pain. I think there's one unmuted line. And um, because of that pain, I, I thought I would rather die than do one more day of this. The pain I knew, uh, well, I didn't know it was of my own making. I just thought, this is horrible. I, I would rather die and I pled I pled my case with the Holy Spirit and I always like to say I fell into truth because I had no idea how to get there but I commended my situation to God come what may and that's um, something I do often you know when I find myself in a predicament I think truth is this it's causing my loss of peace and I stop and say what is the truth because I don't know I know I know because of the holy instant that God is not in the sky he's in me his essence is the Holy Spirit my right mind all my knowledge save for me that I might do my will which is to love 
that's my true will and oftentimes I don't know how to do that in circumstances situations problems events whatever the case may be I know there's a loving response and I know Holy Spirit will give it to me if I stop my thoughts can't get me there my thoughts cannot restore the perfection of this moment remember holy instant is to accept everything and change nothing <laughs> um, I have to stop and that's why uh, later on in chapter 24 when he talks about the resolution of the dream he says the Christ in you is very still very silent very quiet he's in he's in us he's in you he's in me this mind we share is shared by all our brothers the holy instant gives me that it gives me that that's the grace uh, that we sing so often you know amazing grace how sweet the sound um, that holy instant will come it's guaranteed by God and um, that time of acceptance of the atonement is absolutely certain for every soul God created because every soul God created is absolutely perfect oftentimes I fail to see my own perfection or I fail to see the perfection of a person with me but the gift of Christ is that gift of recognition just like he says to see me to see me is to see me everywhere I can't do that without help but the great good news of forgiveness God is the love in which I forgive you know the great good news of forgiveness that is to say I allow my mind and thoughts to be corrected to original state that's all forgiveness is whenever I allow my mind and thoughts to be corrected to original state the gift of grace restores me to my right relationship with anything and everything that gift of innocence um, is such a magnificent gift it changes everything it changes everything it eliminates the idea that I have to purchase it by sacrifice and the whole idea of ego is that one idea he says I have to purchase innocence by sacrifice I have to on my own decide what's good and bad and I'll be good and I'll maintain my face of innocence by throwing my guilt upon the world that's all the ego is I need the Holy Instant to correct that idea because I made one mistake that I thought innocence had to be earned or deserved or paid for but grace he says is acceptance of the love of God that restores me to the unity of truth and um, for that moment for that Holy Instant where relationship with God is restored the atonement gives you God he says the atonement gives you God the gifts you threw away 
Christ is safe for you in the holy instant, the time of Christ. And with that, with the gift of God, not beside me. You know, I think of that poem by Shailen Harkin, I like to say from time to time, the worst mistake we ever made was to throw God into the sky. And, and that's where the fear of God comes from. Uh, just prote- projection. Because I think I have to sacrifice something and innocence is going to cost me. But the holy instant can be any moment, every time. I say, what is the truth of this? And eventually, um, eventually enough shifts in my perception occur so that I realize the power of love is truly what I am. I say I in a way that I'm talking about capitalist self, you know, because we always choose, I always choose between my weakness and the strength of Christ in me. And there's always going to be something where I need a correction instantly. Um, and so I'm back where I started, into his presence when I enter now and learn again the lesson that by grace I am released, by grace I will release. And by virtue of that practice, uh, I eventually learned that where glory was, love is. And uh, to me, that's the time of Christ. I'm complete. Oh, Lori, thank you. That was great. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lori. That was just beautiful. I think I need to say um, that I'm still not very good at this <laughs> um, because there's still, you know, in Lesson 121 uh, where he talks about forgiveness, the first really big lesson in forgiveness. Um, he talks about giving giving um, the atonement, sharing the atonement with a brother. And I still um, have many occasions where I fail to recognize someone as my capitalist self. And, um, and forgiveness is the greatest gift there is um, because it's the gift for my mind that always puts me back to the beginning of God never condemned. It was only me. And so forgiveness is a gift for my mind to help me remember that my brothers were not created to hurt myself with. Um, Because there's always that one, you know. 
In lesson 121, he says, you know him well, this one. You always, uh, you know, that there's some situation in which I'm not being totally honest that this brother is myself. And so forgiveness, which is, today I learned to give as I receive grace, compassion, uh, holding, waiting until I can see, um, asking for a response. Um, that moment of hesitation between what I think I see and truth arrives, giving myself that pause um, so that truth can enter my mind, so that I don't use a brother to hurt myself with. Brothers were not created to hurt yourself with, he said. And by that practice, I, I finally learned that um, there's only one of us here, you know. It's only my condemnation that injures me. It's only my forgiveness that sets me free. Um, and ultimately, by that practice, I learned that there isn't anything that isn't holy uh, because it's all contained in the mind of God. And, uh, and so the second part of that lesson is just as critical as the first into his presence when I enter now and learn to give as I've received. Now I think I'm finished. Thank you. Oh, thanks again, Laurie. Well, I need to leave you guys now. I have a doctor's appointment, so I'll see you on Monday, I guess, or hear you on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Oh, thank you, Lana, and you too. It's just been yeah, a delight to um, hear you again this week. I always oh, love you. Um, yeah. So totally. God bless you. I agree. Oh, thank you guys so much. Okay, bye-bye for now. Any, any final thoughts before we end this recording? There you are, um, boy. You have one, don't, I don't you? Know. I don't know about final thoughts. <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking, this is a heavy lift, this gift of light. <laughs> I'm like, God, it just can't, it just can't resist, I guess, sometimes. Uh, yeah, this is something Lana put me on. Lana and... <clears throat> The review lesson, which I, you know, maybe ducked or maybe accepted some when it actually came around, whatever that was, a few weeks ago, in lesson 157. Um, yeah, I think you can start here. Because <clears throat> I... I do believe this is the 
this is what is on offer, right, as opposed to God. And uh, and what this total, you know, it's either complete bondage or total freedom, right, in the reading. And and I have a very clear sense. This is a question I'm I well <laughs> I have made. <laughs> But this is a decision I must make because I made it wrongly a long time ago when I was little. So um, a lot of time was spent, lost then, in viewing the world, viewing life as purely separate and being about learning how to be alone. (laughs) And... uh, um, and though that withdrawal, you know, withdrawal from the world is is not of itself purifying, it does leave one with uh, an increasing, it can leave one with an increasing awareness that I'm just doing this to myself alone, right? <laughs> that something is missing. And uh, it is this connection with our source that's missing because we've projected like that's a beautiful line the thing the only the big problem with God is that we threw him into the sky you know and so let me return now to the lesson 157 into his presence would I enter now and so this is a day of silence and of trust a special time of promise in your calendar of days it is a time heaven has set apart to shine upon and cast a timeless light upon this day when echoes of eternity are heard. This day is holy for it ushers in a new experience, a different kind of feeling and awareness. You have spent long days and nights celebrating death. Today you learn to feel the joy of life. <clears throat> is another crucial turning point in the curriculum. We add a new dimension now, a fresh experience that sheds a light on all that we have learned already and prepares us for what we have yet to learn. It brings us to the door where learning ceases and we catch a glimpse of what lies past the highest reaches it can possibly attain. It leaves us there an instant and we go beyond it sure of our direction and our only goal. And, uh, yeah, that was then also directed to (laughs) this thing of the ego and, and the question and a way, you know, potentially a key to challenge the ego's thought system um, at its root. And this is from uh, Chapter 9, The Correction of Error, right? Salvation and God's will. This section starts with God's will is your salvation. God wills, and also, okay, also from that paragraph, God wills you perfect happiness now 
Is it possible that this is not also your will? And is it possible that this is not also the will of your brothers? Consider then that in this joint will you are are all united, and in this only. There will be disagreement on anything else, but not on this. I mean, you can get people who are fighting to all agree that they want to be happy instead of fighting pretty quickly. They just have different ideas of how to get there. And this is because we each have these two conflicting evaluations of ourself and our mind, and they both cannot, they cannot both be true. And we, you know, the ego's thought system is insane. It seeks to solve problems with the world by changing ourselves. I mean, this is... This is actually the way that salvation occurs, but not in the way the ego dictates the choice, right? With the the ego, we have the grandeur of God in us, and yet we choose to be little and lament our littleness. Within the system which dictated this choice, the lament is inevitable. Your littleness is taken for granted there, and you do not ask, who granted a little and you cannot retain part of a thought system because it can be questioned only at its foundation and this must be questioned from beyond it because within it its foundation does stand the Holy Spirit judges against the reality of the ego's thought system merely because he knows its foundation is not true Therefore, nothing that arises from it means anything. The Holy Spirit judges every belief you hold in terms of where it comes from. If it comes from God, he knows it to be true. If it does not, he knows that it is meaningless. So, whenever you question your values, say, God himself is incomplete without me. Remember this when the ego speaks and you will not hear it. And I believe that's a general statement in the sense that whenever you question the value of anything, situation, relationship, a brother or sister, I think it's worthwhile to remind ourselves that God himself is incomplete without that person, insert name here, whatever it is. And if we remember this when the ego speaks, we will be able not to hear it. The truth about you, me, us, the truth about us is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of us, of you. Truth about, let me just direct that directly outward. The truth about you is so lofty that nothing unworthy of God is worthy of you. Choose then what you want in these terms. And accept nothing that you would not offer to God as holy thing for him 
for you do not want anything else, return your part of him, and he will give you all of himself in exchange for your return of what belongs to him and renders him complete. And uh, then to step into the next section, just a couple sentences. Grandeur is of God and only of him. Therefore, it is in you. And uh, when you become aware of it, however dimly, you abandon the ego automatically. Because in the presence of the grandeur of God, the meaningless of the ego becomes perfectly apparent. I hope that helps with the, with the lesson for the day into his presence would I enter now or one of the lessons to review. And uh, I think that question, well, you know, when the questions of the ego arise, questioning the value, the statement, God himself is incomplete without whatever it is I'm getting ready to judge. That uh, that is the way to step toward at least towards his presence and recognize that God is but love, and therefore, so am I. So is every other living thing, <laughs> and I'm complete there. Oh, man, Lemoyne, I felt that invested with your spirit. <laughs> and I love the insert name here. <laughs> that was great. That was really, really, really beautiful. Thank you very much. And I think a perfect closing, uh, the way you walk through that lesson. So I'll just end the recording now, and we can continue to share about this.